All right, guys, welcome back to the Social Distance Podcast. On this week's show, we've got George back, finally. So we've got rid of Sam Bennett, and we've got the real Bennett back, George Bennett. We talk about his Nationals victory. We talk about my recovery from the wrist and that I'm back on the road. Joan details another punishing story that will get everybody laughing. And we talk about one of the most boring years in history, but still marginally better than 2020. So enjoy the show, and remember to like, share, and listen to all that stuff social distance well they're already listening yeah well <laughs> listen again tell someone yeah. else to listen subscribe to youtube like give us five stars like our social media social distance podcast on instagram the social Dis pod one on twitter uh love you all see ya thanks for the help with the intro george well, I just didn't really know what I was doing. Yeah, neither did I. I don't really know what we're doing either. I felt a bit hypnotised by Sam's really animated. Literally, you know, literally, really... literally <laughs> the. Do you want me to show? Do you want me to show you? All right, no, you ready? That's it. That's it. I just. Should we, okay, why don't we all take a stab at the intro and we'll see okay. who does it best? Okay. Well, why don't we try? Why don't we try where we feed off each other? Like I'll say a quick bit, then throw to you, then you. Okay, we'll talk about the intro. All right, boys, what are we talking about? Okay. Social Distance oh. Podcast episode, what are we number now? <laughs> Alright, do you want me to do it? Alright, I'll yeah. show you how it's done, alright? Alright. Hey guys, well... Hey yeah, guys, well... No, nah, you <laughs> can't... Yeah. Hey guys, welcome to the Social Distance Podcast, third episode for 2021, a year marginally better than 2020. We're going to be chatting with the national champion from New Zealand, George Bennett, is back on the oh. show. Bills is also back on the bike. Did you want to say something, George? Well, don't talk to me like I'm a guest. Yeah. Um, don't patronise me. <laughs> I said you're back on the show. Anyway, subscribe, <laughs> like, and share. <laughs> I'm reluctantly back on. Reluctantly back on the show. And we talk Reviewing about Spiegel, Legend of Ballin, and a year that is really, really boring. Let's roll you the new that. credits. You already said well, that. we could also we huh? also touch on it. Yeah, we also give some great advice. We give some great <laughs> advice to the listeners too. Yeah, we'll get some great advice. Like, share, subscribe. And we try a new intro. Like, share, subscribe. <laughs> that was shit. All right, George. Just play that. Crack. <laughs> oh, I'm a crack. Oh, fuck, I don't want to have a crack anymore. <laughs> that was good. I'm not, I'm not prepared for this. This is going to be a good one. I can sense it. Uh, let's get ready to rumble! With fucking G. Are we? Ah. Oh, I'm so excited. Well, you can't impeach somebody that's doing a great job. From Suit Chin, Kendo Kerr. Bruce Jigolo. <laughs> George Bennett, you deserve this, big fella. What's that salute? That's <laughs> good. <laughs> He's put the finger straight through the one ply. We hmm. try and create a comfortable environment. There's no bullshit. There's just so many of them, aren't there? They just <laughs> don't like it. Nelson, be proud. Yeah, baby. What an yeah, honour. What an honour. George made the intro. Yeah. Jeez. <laughs> normally, normally, the last intro was just focused on me, on just describing how much of a dick I was. Um... <laughs> You had a splash of dick in there when you're going, why are we excited? <laughs> but you, do <laughs> say, you do seem excited this time. You, you just needed a spell like any good racehorse. What about oh, Jonesy? Yeah, just... What about you, Jonesy, in that intro? And you sound like an absolute pest, like, oh, this is going to be a good one. <laughs> what was that about? I don't even remember that. Uh, yeah, I was scrambling at the end. I think I said it pre one of the shows. And then, uh, 
Yeah, it's just to build it up. I can cut mm. that bit out, though. Hey, um, <laughs> welcome back, George. Interesting yeah. to be back on the show. Um, thanks. Um, you guys did a pretty good job, actually. I, I have to say I listened to my first ever um, social distance podcast when I wasn't on there. And, um, geez, I took a hiding. Um, <laughs> That's because we were sure you wouldn't be listening. <laughs> I made the mistake of tuning in. And I spent 40 minutes just getting absolutely battered. It was quite a good episode, I thought. With, oh, this was with Durbo. And, um, you should have said the stuff we cut out of the show. <laughs> <laughs> well, fortunately, my AirPods went flat and I didn't hear the last 20 minutes. But I had a lot of messages going from a lot of people, actually, and a lot of comments going, geez, the wheels fell off. So what happened in the last 20 on that first the wheels, episode? The wheels fell off massively. We, because what happened was we were, Jones and I were isolated. So we, we, we started the show with Durbo. We're used to having three people on the panel. We're used mm. to, you know, we're creature mm. comfort. We've always got you here to, you know, bring in some ne- negative undertone if necessary. And there was a moment where all of a sudden Durbo was gone. It was just Jonesy and I, and we were looking at each other like, what the fuck do we do? Yeah, we're freaking it. out. We lost it. So we actually Have you ever had that situation? Like, you know, when you're like with a, a, a mate and you're used to hanging out with, there's always a person, you know, in a friend group, and you're always hanging out with them as a, you know, as part of a group or whatever, and then suddenly you're just with them, and you're like, oh, I actually don't really know this person. Yeah, I, think they call, I think they call that a third wheel. If you get stuck with the third wheel, then it's suddenly mm. like, oh, uh, you want to wrap this up, mate? I'm sort of a bit tired, eh? You during just got to lock- shut it down. During the lockdown, we were having these um, Team Green Edge pubs, like the riders, when, when we are in home confinement, like once a week or once every two weeks, we'd get all the riders on a Zoom call, and we'd have a beer, and we'd talk talk shit for a couple of hours. And one one of those... One of those days were like 20 of us at the start and the numbers went down and down and down until about four of us. And it was me, MP, Albacini, and I uh, <clears throat> can't remember who the fourth one was. And then at a certain point, everybody left and it was just me and Daz. And we were like, all right, see you, Alba, see you. And then it was just me and Daz. And it was like for 30 seconds, like, I suppose we should just go as well. Eh? <laughs> pretty weird. <laughs> but so, what, yeah. we stu- what we stuffed up in that first step back was um we focused too much on the negative so the last half hour like one of my mates listened to it he said mate why did you just keep talking about negative shit the whole time after a while people believe it it was shit house it was like oh, oh good okay <laughs> <laughs> you, you, when you lose your confidence eh? and then you yeah. know you go this is terrible um mm-hmm. and it's a Whereas, last step we we held our own i thought you know just the two of us. Like we didn't focus on the negatives. You obviously didn't listen to that one, George. No. Well, no. I just feel like there's a lot of confusion involved with <laughs> Sam Bennett, George Bennett. You know, I just feel like there's a good placeholder there for me. Um, did you touch on? Did you touch on the confusion between me and Sam and how often people get it confused? I mean, I've, I've. How many people have thought that I've won the green jersey in the tour is amazing, and how many people think that that he's a GC rider is also incredible. I mean, I won the other day. So George Bennett won Irish Sportsman of the Year. And I thought that was pretty amazing. <laughs> <laughs> and I was sitting there on the I was sitting there on the on the beach in New Zealand and I was like chilling out and I was I looked on the on Twitter finally and I went on the apps and it was this thing from like um BBC Island or something and it was like congratulations and George Bennett Irish Sportsman of the Year, cycling or something. <laughs> it does happen a lot, doesn't it? 
But like, if you're a, if you're a cycling reporter that makes that mistake, it's it's purely a it must be a habitual thing because they know who both of you are. Did, did you hear the real humiliator one in the um in the uh, I think it was in the tour or in the Vuelta? No, it was in the Vuelta, and the the comment the um press agent. Oh, maybe it was the tour. One of them. Maybe, yeah, it was the tour. It was the tour, and we we're starting off on a, on a flat day after you know day four or something, whatever, and they. They were talking to Primoz, and um, I'd wonder why they'd asked me to stay behind for an interview that day. It, you know, at the start, they say, oh, can you stay for an interview? We want to interview you. And it was a flat sprinter stage. And I said, oh, George, we want to talk to you today. So that's weird. Okay, fine. Whatever, I'll do it. And uh, they also wanted to Primoz. And then they, they sat there with Primoz, and they're like, all right, Primoz, um, you know, a bit of wind today. But, um, you know, obviously, it's a really good chance for George to win the stage. Um, <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> As well, so how, are you, how are you gonna? How are you gonna balance, you know, team ambitions? And he said, oh, it was quite funny. He said, oh, it's um, yeah, you know, yeah, it is a bit windy and dangerous. I think uh, Georgie might suffer a bit today, but um, yeah, we'll see how he goes. <laughs> <laughs> I do remember that. They, they thought, yeah. but how can they get that wrong? I don't know. I don't know. There's I, some classic. There's some classic journos out there. I remember there was this one real weird dude when uh, Lance was there and he sort of, English wasn't his first language, but he just, you sort of thought you knew where his brain was going, but then he just blurred out. It wasn't even a question. I mean, one day like the bus was so packed and he goes, Lance, Lance, uh, how do you feel about uh, all this, you know? And Lance is like, fucking talking about? He goes, you know, you caused this shit. And like ever, the whole press are pissing themselves. I'm going, mate, you're not even asking a fucking question. Like you push to the front to say, you know, you caused this shit. He's like, what are you talking about? Like, there's always one in that bunch. I'm struggling with the journos at the moment with the New Zealand non-cycling journos, like the the media, because they want to do stories. And this happened to me twice in the last week. And um, like one of them was the sports news. And, you know, they they, after the national said, I want to do an interview and stuff. Oh, cool. Yeah, I'll, I'll do it. And I was in the airport, had a bit of time, and Auckland Airport was empty. There was one flight going out of the whole airport because all the stuff got cancelled. Obviously, everything was just with the only flight. And so I was on the, and I said, yeah, I'll do it when I get to the airport, got a bit of time. And uh, the whole story now, they just, everything is just the corona angle. So, it, you know, the, the journalists are, like, oh, you know, for the sports news, instead of going, oh, you know, let's talk about the race. It was great. How's it, you know, what does it mean to wear the jersey? Any, any question sports related, it was, Oh, can you show me around the airport? And oh, do you think? And then an email afterwards. Oh, can you do a montage of you traveling with a mask? And you know, and they're just trying to like play up the drama of you know, just like yeah, that's COVID's it. COVID. We're sick of it. Let's like people also want to hear about sport. Like, what do you want to do? Fly fly across the world taking multiple yeah. selfies of yourself wearing a mask yeah, and, and play it up Disney. and be like, yeah, this is now yeah. a third world. You know, this is like a war zone over here. You know, we're dodging bacteria. You're like, fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's like a war zone. It was like a war zone last night. Yeah. Oh yeah, what's going no. on? What was a riot again? They arrested some rapper. That's so that is sport. That's that's public sport for, for Spain. Rioting is like a. It's, I love it. The football, cycling, and rioting—that's their three pillars. Yeah. Of, like, that's their, <laughs> the yeah. backbone but, of sport. A riot for anything. There was a riot, yeah. bloody or protests every week when I was living there. Ooh. Oh mate, but they've, they've they've gone up a level since you left, DJ. They're like. It's got yeah, to they're elite now. It's become a yeah, high performance thing. Marginal it's games. High, it's, it's high performance writing. <laughs> like, yeah. And the, and the opposing team has shields and guns and battens these days. 
and helmets. Yeah, but, but I love when you sent through that video, trying to look like this hard ass, and you yell out to the police, <laughs> this high pitch, fight! Can we, can we include that? Can we include that in the podcast? Can we cut it? Yeah. All right, I'll, so I'll insert it here. Fight! <laughs> you would have said it and like jump straight in in case one cop turned around. You see this red dot, like, <laughs> <laughs> like was it harder? What, what, what's happened? I sort of missed the the backstory on this one. Oh, it's just that they arrested this. I think it was, it was probably about a year ago that they arrested this um, rap Spanish rap singer who <clears throat> I don't know a lot about it. To be fair, I'm not going to get into the politics of it. Um, but he he just said some lyrics that they claim to be terrorism, domestic Inciting terrorism. Inciting violence. Inciting violence and things like that against the monarch of Spain. So they, they gave him like a – they gave him some time and then he like he, – so he had to hand, hand himself in on the 1st of January or something and then he barricaded himself in a university and refused to hand himself in. And then eventually about three or four days ago, the police stormed the university and arrested him. So now everybody's protesting his arrest. And, like, they're kicking off, man. Like, last night on my street. So I live, like, right opposite the Spanish government building. Like, it's within eyeshot of me. So they all, all the riots start there. So the, you see it, like, 6 o'clock at night, the big riot police start coming, getting prepared. And then last night, about 8 o'clock, it kicked off. And I uh, had some people around for dinner, and we were just standing on the little terrace watching people light fires on my street, lighting rubbish bins on fire. There's a bank just around the corner. So they're... they're their thing with this riot is let's smash up all the banks. So every single mm. bank in town. What are the banks got to do? What, what, what yeah. are they, I, guess, why, I don't know. You know Spanish, they, Spanish government facility? I don't know. And they mm. love lighting up bins. Like it's never yeah. as if there's going to be a situation where they go, shit, man, now they've lit the bins. We need to just let this guy go. Because <laughs> if yeah. those bins mm. go, we're fucked. <laughs> They're going to run out of bins though. I feel like daily they burn a bin. It's just such a pain. It's such a like a, it's such an own goal. You know, like, yeah, yeah let's burn a burn and make a point, but, oh, shit, now I've got nowhere to put my rubbish. Like, yeah. And then um, they smash up the also, decks and the ATM machines, and then they go, yeah. oh, fuck, I need to get some money out. Yeah. Shouldn't have done like, that. Like, I understand. I, I under, like, I, I get behind their right to, you know, obviously, awesome, good on you. But just, I don't know, just make it less admin. Right? I don't know. Awesome? But do you know what? Instead of yelling fight from the top of your balcony, can you yell breach? Because I feel like breach! it's... Breach! <laughs> breach! <laughs> It's a, so it's a social gathering of more than four people. Yeah, yeah. The no become a, Yeah, they become a super spitter event. Yeah, exactly. Um, hey, so tell us about the Nationals, George. Like finally breaking through, mate. I saw an mm. interview. Uh, Novi had to throw his hat in the mix, and it was a passive aggressive comment. I thought where he said, oh, "I was, <laughs> was a that- shame. A shame I wasn't there to defend it." But or, you know, hats off to George. It's like. Hey, where are you going with this, Novi? You reckon you could have gone back to back, mate? Bit of a hollow victory for old GB. Yeah, just, just, you know, like it's good, but you know, no one was there. Like yeah, <laughs> the, yeah. the flying mullet sort of little backhander. No, I do, I do feel for Nov not getting a, a shot really because oh, he, he, would, he, he would have been. He won it on a shit. Oh yeah, he hundred percent. He won it. He probably would have been me, but also <laughs> he won it on a shit. Yeah. <laughs> But then, yeah. you know, like, you, you know, you get the jersey, super excited, come to Europe and the pandemic hits. I mean, you know, I'm sure that was the least of the world's issues that he didn't get to wear the jersey in the in the world tour often, but it's still shit for him. But yeah, the race was, um, man, the race was bizarre because what happened on the Friday was a time trial. And I, I was, I told Bjorn was a week out. I was like, mate, I'm 
I'm in shit here. Like, because I started training a month later than normal. And I just, you know, I just wasn't on top of it. I was never felt good. I did this test a week out and, you know, I was, it was like a time trial test. And I was like, oh, I'm not really, I'm not really on. It wasn't really having good numbers, all this shit. And then I just freshened up and I got to the TT and I didn't really give myself a heap of a chance, but I still rode like maybe my best, you know, pacing time trial at least. And then, but I lost by 0.7 of a second. Like point mm. seven a second, it was fifty five minutes, and you're like, "Oh my god, that is." Was it, and it was, a second between three of you, wasn't there? Yes, exactly. I mean, the the only comforting thing I took from that was that, or oh, two comforting things: one, Gaty won, and he's a legend, and two, um, Finn Fisher Black, my teammate, he was in the under twenty three, so I wouldn't let him ride elites, and it was bullshit. They should have let him ride elites. He entered elites, they wouldn't, you know, but he went faster than all of us by like eight seconds. So, you know. In the end, he was the fastest guy. So, but anyway, um, so we got to Sunday and I suddenly was like, oh, maybe I'm all right here. And then we started the race. It was not a really hard course. It was just sort of small kickers. And after 50K, so there was a team Black Spoke. They're a New Zealand continental team. I could, you know, they're sort of, they're they're sort of becoming the, the, the main, the New Zealand's best team. They're the only continental team to come to Europe racing. But they have 15 or 16 guys on the start line or something. And um, we had me and Finn. And after 50K, I turned to Finn and I said, this is the worst race situation I've ever been in in my life. Basically, like, should we call it a day now? We're, we're stuffed. There was, I think, there was 10 of them in a group of 30, five minutes up the road. And me and Finn oh. were, were back in the peloton and everybody just looking at us, going, you guys going to chase? And we're like, what, what can we do? There's 10 of them and they got five minutes. <laughs> and I don't know how we saved today. How'd you get them back then? You take a shortcut. Um, you cheated. Yeah, I just took a lap out. I did the whole criterion thing, punctured, took a lap out and hooked on the back of them. <laughs> so when uh, did you start going, shit, hang on, I'm, a, I'm half a sniffy? Uh 15k to go yeah no so got no all maybe, back maybe, together there. No, maybe 30k to go so what happened was luckily there was a couple of guys on the same page and like new zealand cyclists will know michael vink he might not know people might not know him internationally but he was like he was our biggest talent coming up kind of thing and he just you know never was wrong place wrong time whatever just didn't didn't make it overseas struggled a bit over in overseas but was always so strong in europe and he was having a day and we I said to this young guy from my town, I said, mate, can you just ride? I said to Tom Fulman, can you just ride like for the 10K before we hit the hill the next time? And um, and then start as hard as you can up the hill. It was like a three-minute hill or something. And um, and he did, and that just held them at four and a half, five minutes. But he did the first minute of the hill, and I arrogantly thought, yeah, I'm just going to go as hard as I can up this hill, and there'll be a couple of guys left, and we'll go. And I did the first minute full gas, Sat down, realized there were still 10 guys on my wheel. And then by the top of the hill, they were all passing me and I was going backwards and I went, oh, now I'm really in trouble. But it split the, it split the race up and then basically me and Finn just took turns at attacking and I got away with two guys. And this was halfway through the race and then we just chased and chased and chased, three guys just chased and Vink was just pulling these crazy strong turns. And it was quite hot. And I think like, I think they just really got it wrong in front and there was just this mass capitulation in front. And then finally with like just under a lap to go, 
we reached the front and there were still 20 guys and they were all fresh as hell and we were rooted. And then, yeah, then it was just race on. Then we were all on sort of, you know, I never got worse and everybody just sort of suffered in the heat. And and then it wasn't, I ran out of hills. I couldn't get rid of anyone. Like we got down to five guys and then there was no hills left. And there was one like kicker, like literally like a, you know, a maybe 30 meters elevation. And I just took a flyer on that and got just enough of a gap to put people off and then they looked at each other and then they, once they looked at each other, it was gone. They just stopped pedaling basically. And then I got two minutes. Mm. Yeah. That's awesome. So do you, like, uh, I don't know. Yeah. Crazy. After the race, do you have to look after those guys that like that blow from your hometown that pull turns? Like what do you give them? Like a couple of slabs or. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> I think to, um, we just had a bit of a, we just had a bit of a house. Well, not a house party, but we just, when I just went and bought um, bridge, bridge, <laughs> just went and bought. We had some good wines, some beers, heaps of pizzas. Had everyone around. Yeah. What flavour pizza do you have? Uh, flavour beers. No, no these little creatures. Oh, oh um, creatures. Pale ale. Yeah. Mm, quite good, eh? Yeah, not, yeah, bad. not bad. A bit fruity. From Geelong, aren't they? Oh. Little creatures. Yes. Are they? I thought they were yeah. Wellington. Well, I think they're from Western Australia originally and they moved to Geelong and now there's uh, one in Auckland. Yeah. Mm. But yeah, anyway, so now we've got the debacle of um, the, the Great Jersey debacle. That's yeah, so what's on. the go? What's the well, Jersey we, debacle? Argu and the team produced this amazing jersey. Man, it was just the coolest jersey. And then Caitlin did a couple of tiny little touches just, and we were like so sweet. We are all excited. We emailed Bike NZ like, hey, guys. Um, we're really proud to show you that this is the jersey we'll be wearing this year. And Vikings, they were like, no. Nah. Well, what do you mean? Why? They said, oh, Why? Because it was a black, it was a cool jersey. It was black with a white fern, with a silver fern. As a po- and, and they said, oh, we're, we're too worried that it's going to get confused with the national jersey. And I was like, well, what, in case the national team start the Jared Italia? Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, who cares? <laughs> And they were, oh, they just shut it down so hard. And so we, you know, we went to the UCI and they basically told the UCI, no, we've registered a white jersey with a black fern. And they was just, they just crushed it. And then now we ended up with a, like the, the jersey's all right. It's just, it's, it's, it's not strike. Like it was an awesome striking jersey that just looks so cool. Um, and just, just, you know, people just bureaucracy, just bureaucracy that they, they, they do you just know wanted to stay in their lane. Do you know what you should do? What? Riot. Yes. Burn a bin. <laughs> burn yeah. a bin. Burn You're a bin out burn my rubbish bin. If Go I burn my rubbish bin. Well, what about, what about, uh, well, what about when oh, Michael Jordan... By the way, just hang on. I was trying to distance myself from that comment. I'm not inciting, I'm not inciting violence. It was a joke. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, what no about the to up here, mate. I'm on the top of a mountain by myself. What about the story, George, of when Michael Jordan first wore those black sneakers in the NBA game, and the NBA said, mm. "You're not going to wear those. You're going to get ten thousand dollar fine." And he goes, "Okay, mm. cop fine. Sold out of Air Jordan ones. Oh, you know, the, you, you, you might be if, if you just protest, yeah. Well, now, but then they went to the UCI, and the UCI got it quite explicitly, explicitly in writing that if you wear this, you'll be sanctioned. And we kind of went, oh. Because you know the UCI. Imagine man. if you wore that sitting on your top tube. <laughs> with my hands. With my, <laughs> sitting on my top tube with my hands in the middle of the bars. Throwing ah. a bottle. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
But the the UCI the problem is that we were like, oh, we're not going to mention the UCI because last year we had this debacle in the team where so we've had a couple of ex world champ. We got Tom so Tom Dumoulin and Tony Martin were both ex TT world champs, and on their skin suit they had these. You know, if you if you're the world champion, you forever on your jersey have just the world champs bands around. If you're not the current world champ, it doesn't matter. You still have these bands, and on our skin suit. Um, the bands, there was a little gap. They didn't, it's on the inside of the arm, you couldn't even see, but the bands didn't go the whole way around. Like they pretty much did, but there's a little gap at the joint of the seam or something. And um, every race we started, those guys started. Every single time trial, the two of them started, they got 2,000 Swiss francs. So oh. it just became this ridiculous thing that that's, there's some dickhead walking around looking at, at gaps on bands and sock heights and this and that. Meanwhile, we're, you know, Turning down finish straights with with fucking road dividers in the middle, and you just think like I don't know, just seems but, it just seems we're focused on the wrong thing, aren't we? Like we're putting too much energy into controlling kits and this and that. When it's just it stands in the way of progression. Like make something that looks awesome, people yeah, like exactly. it, get, get exactly. kids excited about it. Like how cool was Rolly's jersey? Because yeah. I said to Bike and Z, I said, oh like man, Rolly had the most sick jersey in HTC. It was black with his white paint. And then the next year on 2013, we were on Radio Shack. He had a national champs jersey, and it was bloody red, white, and blue. It wasn't even nothing to do with black and white. And they just said, "Oh, he didn't ask us. He didn't run that past us." So I was like, "Well, uh, like just, you should just run it." Him. Yeah, I shouldn't have asked. I should have asked for forgiveness mm. afterwards. But well, it's funny the two thousand Swiss franc fine. That's what Green Edge got fined for smashing the bus into the finish line. <laughs> so, so you think smash a bus into the finish line and almost hold up the world's biggest race on the opening stage on their hundredth anniversary, or don't mm. join those little bands? Exactly the same. Same thing. <laughs> exactly the same. And they valued the advertising at like sixty million bucks, Euro, like US dollars, were because it was like back oh, page. Of, yeah, there was back page of the New York Times, and you got Orica everywhere, and Vitel Water Company. They said they got huge advertising out of really? it. Really? Do you think that that'll be something that people start doing? You know, like into you know how like um, you often French see like the smaller French teams go into like breakaways on days, which are just you know, there's no point in going in breakaway. It's going to be a sprint finish, but you get four guys from the teams go up the road, and they say you know it's sponsors on TV, it's good advertising, whatever. Do you think that there will ever be a point where people are so hungry for things that they'll just start doing real erratic, controversial, you know, from within the team just to, <laughs> just for publicity? It should. Just that you bring this up, George, because two episodes ago when you went here, we, oh, touched, yeah. we touched on the uh, economics of cycling. and oh, yeah. uh, That was the last 20 the minutes you didn't watch. I mean, <laughs> That's yeah. where it all really went down. listeners did you lose that episode? Jesus. Oh, Economics of cycling. Fucking hell. Jonesy yeah. asked me if the teams would, with COVID would be able to fund overseas training camps or something. Good um, question. Not the right show. No. <laughs> <Jesus>. <laughs> Not the right person to ask. I almost, well, I almost leave right now. But the Bills, the Bills, to his credit, the first half of it, the, the answer, his brain was going to answer it. And then he got halfway through it. He just goes, Oh, fuck Fido. Like, what are you asking me this for? And that's where it all went downhill. We're like, and I was like, you're dead, right? What was I thinking? You know? And that's because you weren't there, George. You weren't yeah, there to weren't there, level us out. I'll tell you what, it was good having a break, though. Shit, it was good. Shit, yeah. How was it? It must have been so good to get off that plane in Auckland. No, it wasn't that good to get off the plane. Go into a hotel for two weeks. <laughs> it must have been good to get out of that hotel after two yeah, weeks. Wake you up at 0800 hours. <laughs> Take so, that mask we, off. 
and then be like, we had this this thing like when I wanted to go at the end of last year, we were humming and hawing about going home or not back to New Zealand. And people that don't know, if you go to New Zealand, you go to do two weeks in a in a managed isolation hotel. And I was real negative about it, like, oh, I don't want to go. My mates are here. I was I was really like really against going home. And Caitlin, my partner, was really for it. And I, I said to her, like, we'll do whatever you want to do. Like, I'll support it. But low key to myself, I was like, oh, not into this. Anyway, she was all like, yeah, it's going to be great. Well, don't worry. We'll get there. It'll be fine. We'll do this. We'll do this. Anyway, so I accepted my fate. We were going home. We get there day one. She, and, and you know, in her head, we were going in one of the districts. And, you know, you can go outside. You know, there's a workout area, whatever. It's all okay. We end up in Auckland on this tiny room with zero opportunities to go outside. You know, and there was, you know, suddenly reality hit on day one. And I... We swapped roles. I became this positive, like, oh, we're in New Zealand now. We've done the worst of it. And she just had a real reality check. And I went, oh, this is going to be a long two weeks. And because she was trying to run. So I was all right. I was doing 20 hours a week on a bike. But she literally just had to sit in the room. And then eventually we started getting these, like, 30-minute slots every second day or something. And you could go out and walk around this thing that was no bigger than my living room. And you just had to walk around in this circle. And, um, yeah, it was just a... Well, it's like, like the, the yard. Of, it's like the yard in a prison. Yeah, exactly. But it's way smaller. But then once that was away, man, it was. I can't believe I ever doubted going home. For me, it was so good. I mean, only it's six weeks, but um, it's pretty crazy that there is life there. That's just not like man, people don't even. It's not even a thing. Like went to a, like straight away I went to a wedding, and I was just there's a moment I was looking around the wedding, and everyone was you know around, and people were hooking up in the corner and. Sweating everywhere and whatever, you know, whatever goes on at a wedding. Nice. <laughs> and I was just thinking, I just, just don't know if I'm quite. Yeah, I just felt like a bit sort of shell shocked. You're not. You're you not know. even allowed dance floors at weddings here. I don't think. Or you weren't. I don't think you're allowed weddings, eh? Yeah, right. I don't think so. Huh? No, maybe not. You can't kiss the bride. No nah. breach. Breach. Yeah. <laughs> mm. So um, um, speaking yeah. of Caitlin, speaking of Caitlin Field of Fine Art, mm. uh, she cleaned up as well in her race. Mm. Yeah, it's a good weekend for us. <laughs> Um, yeah, she, she nearly won overall in, in your hometown. Yeah. First run back in a year. So it's bloody it's good for her. Yeah. But no, New Zealand was good, mate. But it's pretty weird coming back here because um all, one thing that's weird is I'm at the top of a mountain and it's shorts and t-shirt almost riding here in February, which is quite strange. Second thing is there's a massive stand, sandstorm on the way. Mm. We had one last week or two weeks ago before you got here. Big mm, sandstorm. Okay. Like Andorra was literally like looked like the Sahara Desert. So that's where the sand's coming from, the Sahara Desert. Is that why I've got all the shit on my I've got like a West Indies um cricket pitch now on my terrace. I've got a terrace where I have set up a bit of a backyard cricket setup. And that set that last sandstorm's turned into a like a turned into like a subcontinent pitch. There's just right a now. lot of lot of turn on there now with that sand. I actually put a I put a post on uh, on our social media, the social distance podcast social media that you wouldn't have seen, George, because you probably don't follow us uh, <laughs> or listen to the show, or sometimes don't even come to the show. But I did put a photo up of Andorra in that snowstorm a week ago, so that's what you're in for. Go to our social distance. So what you do is go on Instagram. You've got Instagram, mate. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll open the app yeah. and then find us the social distance podcast. Follow, and then are you in control of this? I got to follow this. Well, I'm in control of the Instagram and the Twitter, but every now and again, I wake up in the morning and there's this rogue tweet on our tw- Twitter, and I realise that Jonesy's got the password. <laughs> <laughs> Jonesy's been on the plus and starts tweeting. <laughs> this is I think odd, both of you guys rogue tweet from Jonesy. 
Well, both of you guys need a um, breathalyzer on your phone. Like before you can social media, you need to pass a, you need to flow into your phone. Hey, hang on, hang on. I haven't put any tweets out that I've looked back and gone, geez, I need to pull my head in. Whereas at one point there for Bules, that was bloody weekly. Do you remember (laughs) when I was going to message him and be like, mate, take that down. (laughs) Oh, mate. (laughs) What about when he started like messaging like, Johan Brunil going, hey, Johan, what are you doing? You want to come on the show? And we're like, what are you doing? And then he said yes. He said, yes. He said yes. And Bjorn's just like, nah, sorry. He's like, bro, I saw you took the tweet down. You still want me? It's like, radio silence. <laughs> nah, so, sorry. I was real drunk. I thought it'd be a good idea. Yeah, you're talking to that other guy. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's classic. But well, now you, have, you haven't done it in a while. So. That, that social media ticket, George backfired me, didn't it? so we had a big protest in melbourne today because they're starting to roll out the anti-vaccines or they're starting on monday the, the, and... the anti-vaccines what are they doing rolling out the <laughs> oh, man, sorry. middle-aged mums that have got you <laughs> what are they rolling sorry, out i put i put him i put him put him in my notes in my notes, anti-vaxxers. I'm going. Oh yeah, mention that. Like, nice. Yeah, they're rolling out. No, they're rolling out the vaccines. <laughs> they're rolling but... out the anti-vaccine. It's Karen. Yeah. Karen. <laughs> yeah, Karen. Karen. <laughs> She's going to be the uh, spokesperson for it. But the anti-vaxxers have come out in force today because they're obviously you know going to start it on Monday. And um, I was just saying to Bills before we started, there's a massive difference between Aussie cops and the cops in the states. Like there was these people marching and all that, and there was only maybe twenty cops, and all they're armed with is just that little tin of pepper spray, and this one guy is just shitting himself, just spraying anyone like, you know, old Betsy walking her dog, she copped a bit of foam in her face, like just freaking the fuck out, and like in America, it's just like double pump, fucking who wants some? Oh mate, they were, they were losing their shit. But then, why? Like, I don't get why you'd protest if you're an anti-vaxer. Why do you have to protest? Just don't have the vaccine. Just don't get yeah, exactly. Just shut yeah, up. I know. I know. I, I just I, thought that this would be the death of the anti-vaxer. I was like, this surely this pandemic is the death of the anti-vaxer. No, <laughs> no. Well, it might be. But, <laughs> oh, yeah, they might. Die. That it. That actually <laughs> might be like the literal death of the anti-vaxer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But they, didn't they say that if they don't vaccinate a certain population of the pop of, of the you know what I mean? Having a stroke. So, I don't. I don't know. I went for I went for my first run in six months before, and now I've got that fat man post run fog. <laughs> <laughs> um, if they don't hit like sixty percent or seventy percent, it's not even worth doing. Yeah, you do. Yeah. You need. You do need immunity. Percentage. Mm. Um, I know I'll get one, mate. Oh, you so. Off on a topic, which while I remember, thinking of your fat man run, Fog. Mm. Pules, you're back on the road. Back on the road, mate. Two days. I've done two days. I uh, <laughs> finally got the wrist set free. Look, check it out. And you've got like a you, you look your wrist. I reckon I'd beat you in the wrist department. Oh, mate, it's a girl's wrist. Well, I shouldn't say that. It's sexist. It's a wrist that's small. Oh, that's a fair <laughs> scar, isn't it? Yeah, that's a scar. Um, I yeah. It's, Three months. Well, actually, it was shorter three months in the end. So initially, the surgeon said it was going to be three months in the cast for it to recover. And I went to the hospital t- two days ago, which was, I guess, like 10 and a half weeks <laughs> post-surgery. And they said, no, nope, mate, you're good to go. Take the cast off. 
start training. So I had I started training two days ago to two hours. Yesterday to three hours. Today I'm going to do four hours. Was it an emotional moment saying goodbye to the cast, Bills? It actually was a bit emotional. Like when yeah. I walked in there, the surgeon was like, um, yeah, you can start training again. And I was a bit like, for a second there, I was like, oh, fuck, it's over. Sing. I don't know if I want to. You're like, oh, yeah. I, I was a bit like, I've got, like <laughs> I've got, I've got stock, Stockholm syndrome with like not training. You know, where you like fall yeah. in love with the actor. I'm in love with the tax trainer. And uh, mm. I was just like, a bit like, Look, it's been a long, it's actually been like yeah. a hard, hard few months. And I was like, fuck, oh, yeah. that's over. Like, well, at least this, this part of it's over. Um, so, yeah, back on the road now. But I, I enjoyed doing a lot of running. I ran a half marathon in the trails about two weeks ago. Um, oh, yeah. So, yeah, I started I started this this process with an injured wrist and ended up with, with an injured knee. So it's been good. It's been successful. <laughs> it's been a good transition. Hey, just on riding bikes, right? This is I, I don't ride bikes, but I don't understand this shit, is... Why are they banned this tuck position? Like, I get they're saying it's dangerous and that. But you look at other sports. I mean, look at um, NASCAR or whatever. I mean, they're spinning cars out and driving 400 clicks an hour. People aren't going, mm. oh, yeah, shit, let's do the same. Like, yeah. isn't there a difference they've, between... They've lumped, they've lumped two things in together. That's the problem. They've lumped riding like this with your hands on the bars, you know, with the, you know, with your elbows forearms rested on the handlebars they've lumped that in together with an aero tuck which are way like it's like lumping in you know a nascar not wearing a helmet and you know um not wearing a not not being able to drive backwards around the course like yeah they're, they're different issues it's and, like what happened is that the, the riders have demanded uh some safety you know an updating of the safety safety of cycling like have you got a burp to come out, Bill? Yeah, I did, did a little bit there, sorry. <laughs> uh, like better barriers, you know, just some things. Obviously, we've seen the crashes like uh, Jakobsen at the Tour of Poland last year. Maybe the better barriers could have, you know, avoided such serious injury. Who knows? But anyway, we've asked for to change things. So the UCI has gone, okay, yeah, for sure. We need to make some changes to the courses, to the finish lines, all that stuff. But at the same time, they've also gone, yeah, but fuck, you know, mm. we don't really want to take the full responsibility. So we'll make these guys do something as well. Right, it's like in a relationship when you're like, oh, you know, like, I don't know if this is, you know, if we can keep going like this. And, you know, that you've asked someone to change and they've gone, oh, well, we can make changes, but it's you that's got to change. Mm. They, they've, they've, that's just it's lazy. It's lazy. Uh, they've gone, oh, we could we could take the um, dividers, the, the curb dividers out of the finishing straight but maybe you guys just don't do the aero tuck and then we'll get a bit more revenue from finding you every time you do it i mean it's like yeah it's like your girlfriend saying to you look you need to change you need to you need to drink less and then you go yeah that's fine i accept that so the way we'll make this change is you'll drink more than me yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> exactly you just drink more and the ratio if you drink more than me then i'm drinking less than you yeah yeah <laughs> But do you find that after last year, like most people just in this sort of angry mood, like if 2020 didn't happen and people say at the UCI were like in a better state, they'd probably go, oh, yeah, we'll make those tweets, no worries. Whereas it, now it's this sort of mm. underlying, let's burn a fucking bin sort of, you know, let's mm. amp this stuff, you know. There is so a bin burning vibe, vibe around the world, isn't there? In general. Yeah. Um, there is. Oh, well, do you, do you blame people really? Again, I'm not inciting violence, but like, it's been 12 months, like especially over here, of lock-up after lock-up after restriction after restriction. Yeah. No, no university, no work. People are out of money. I'm fucking bored. 
Yeah, mm. yeah. And there's yeah. probably people wanting to protect their jobs. So some guy there's Just gone, the I've got up. 15 <laughs> pages on this tuck. Like, let's go. I need to spend six months on this. Mm. And they're yeah. like, okay, no worries. And then he goes, all right, what's the next thing? So soon, you know, sock height was a big thing for a while there or whatever. They, they'll think mm. of something. It's mm. never going to end. Yeah. But oh. to, to their credit also, they are making some good fundamental changes that needed to happen on the road. Yeah, we don't, just not, we're not giving credit. We're into building a lot of things. Yeah. That's so. it. All right. So um, what's our year and who's our, who's our LLB? What do you want to kick off year, Bills? Well, yeah, we're we, gonna do... we, we need to explain the segment better. Remember, we've been rushing into it. So Yeah, true. So the year that we do for those new listeners is we came up with Every, every episode, we do a year that's supposed to be marginally better than 2020. So obviously, 2020 is the worst year that we've all faced, probably. Uh, so we try to put a positive spin on it and talk about years that were better than 2020. Which so is every year. year. Which is every year, up until <laughs> Well, no, there wasn't. Remember, we found that one year that was way worse. Well, well, it was like 1892 or something. Yeah. <laughs> it was a real steak. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the the world was rooted that year. The 40s are rough as well, but we don't talk about them. So we, we base it from 1950 to not 2020. That's what we Jack the Ripper yeah, was yeah. delivering milk cartons. It was shocking. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, so this year, this week, we do, we're going to focus on 1992 for no other reason than it's just a year that was before 2020. I'll, I'll tell you what, I about six minutes before we logged on, I looked at 1992. I'll tell you what, 1992 might have been better than 2020, but shit, it was boring. Nothing <laughs> was happened it? in 92. What no. the hell? Did 1992 even happen? What a terrible... What a, Man, I, had a, I had a great year. Year old, I was notes, loving it. As I look at my notes of 1992, I think... Well, not a lot I, happened. Not a I, lot happened. Mate, I, I can remember 92 going to the cinemas with me old man and watching White Man Can't Jump. And I was into basketball. You know, Michael Jordan was killing it. And I was begging Dad, come on, can we go see this basketball movie? And he's like... Oh, yeah, right. He drags me along. Man, every second word was, fuck this, like, just swear <laughs> galore, you know. The, right, like, it was for obviously adults. And I remember afterwards, we left the center. He goes, hey, don't tell your mum we went and saw that. Don't you dare. And I can't remember going to school that Monday, just dropping F-bombs left, right, and center. You went trash talking. Jam. No. You the Martian. Yeah. <laughs> and the Martian doing dunks from MJ. Mate, that was <laughs> awesome. Um, and then uh, Miley Cyrus Bills was born that year, Achy Breaky Heart. Was she? Her old man, he had a good year in 92. Billy Ray. Billy Ray. Yeah. Uh, Neymar was born in 92 as well. Uh, was he? The, yeah. The first big the day, only thing out, of note big day that out happened, though. Was it, was it the riots, LA riots? Yeah. The, Bosnian, War, the Bosnian War started. Yeah. The EU was formed. They signed the treaty, mm. the, the Maastricht Treaty. Prince and Charles, Prince Charles and Diana divorced. You were Diana and Charles divorced. Oh yeah. Well, the the big day outside in Australia, and Nirvana came out and performed there, and that was just like two or three weeks before they released Nevermind. So that was massive, yeah. And then the big day out was um, huge after that. Kurt Cobain was a real dick. Um, That he was actually one of the biggest knobs in music. Really. Yeah, I didn't know that. I always quite liked him. It was one of the first CDs I ever brought, was that? Never mind. Have you seen the kid now? You know how the, the cover of the album yeah. was the kid naked swimming, getting the money? And yeah. it was like he's recreated the photo now. Yeah. Has he? Yeah. I'll have to have a look. It's good. Yeah, he's good. Um, a good operation. 
Do you know what yeah. I did find interesting about 1992, though? And it's probably a bit boring, but I found it interesting. Inter- yeah. Oh, you got runner's fog. <laughs> <laughs> you guys trained too hard. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> um, so in 1992 was the last year that the Winter Olympics and the Summer Olympics were held in the same year. I never even knew that happened, ever. Oh, so it was Barcelona. Um, so from, 90, yeah. from 19, 1924 to 1992, the Winter and Olympics were always Winter and Summer Olympics were always held in the same year. In the I same year, different places. No, different places, but held in the same year. You'd be hard mm. pressed to do Winter Olympics in bloody Taiwan, wouldn't you? Yeah. Or where have, they done, have they even had the Summer Olympics there? I don't think so. No. Well, they did in Seoul. Yeah, you could have just used Barcelona as an example. Also, yeah, but I was just looking. I mean, you could do a pretty good Olympic winter olympics out my window right now if i want are to are you in barcelona are you in barcelona no, but, but <laughs> interesting fact on um interesting fact on the barcelona olympics was where they did all the rowing and all the um all the yeah it was rowing only actually maybe i don't think kayaking, kayaking? was a thing in 92. yeah no, i don't think it was a thing in 92. was it yeah yeah anyway, on, on banyoles they made they made banyoles lake which is the lake that all the cyclists pumps around on a rest day and ride around there and have a coffee and look like total punishers is um is a man-made lake they made that for the olympics well, not, uh, yeah i was gonna say not only yeah, that right. george the whole waterfront there in barcelona got it was all industrial and it was all looking shit and you know no, uh, no one wanted to stay there and they totally redid the whole waterfront that you know today at barca as a result of the olympics so and now Barca it's full was... of old men naked, strutting around with this saggy, saggy skin. And do you know what else they did with that um, with that waterfront, Jones? Is those you know the palm trees on the on the Barcelona beachfront there? Mm-hmm. They yep. run along run along the uh, the boardwalk. They rent those. They lease them from the Caribbean. Do they so, really? So, yeah. So they actually for the Olympics they got those trees in from the Caribbean or one of the Caribbean islands somewhere, and they lease them. So they still now but, pay a lease on those palm trees. They're paying trees. rent on the they're palm trees. They're paying rent on those palm trees. So what happens if you fall behind on your rent? You know, what are they going to do? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Come and get it. <laughs> yeah, get come and get a, it. A few fronds. Yeah. But like every other Olympics or most of them, you know, they've got all these stadiums that are eyesores now. Like if you look at the stadiums and stuff from Athens, I mean, it's absolute dog's breakfast. But mm. uh, that that was a good example of where a, a city's really benefited from the Yeah, I mean, I think Rio was maybe the best example of a city, of a country in a city that did not need the Olympics. Yeah. That yeah. was a shocker. Man, that was bad. Like, you spent the money they spent on the water park. People can't afford, like, people aren't going to go to the water park and hoon around in a kayak. That's just no. a big, shitty eyesore now that sort of yeah. put people out of their homes. It's a terrible idea. Um, mm. Well, they did well, and yeah, they did well, and Barcelona, like up on the hill there in Montjuic with the Olympic Flamers and the Olympic Stadium. I love it up there. It's a mm. great stadium. Yeah, it's awesome. We didn't saw the Rolling Stones at that stadium, actually. You saw the Peppers as well, didn't you? Nah, no, I saw I the Peppers in the basketball court. Oh, um, maybe, yeah, mate, yeah, maybe you did. No, I saw them, I saw them at Montjuic at that stadium. Come no, not at, the, not at the athletic stadium. No, we went. The, you went the day before me, bro. Oh. <laughs> you went on the Friday and I went on the Saturday. <laughs> really? Remember, we were going to go down there together, and then you're like, "Oh no, sorry, I'm going today, not tomorrow." Oh, I don't remember that. The, um, other, the other big thing, in, the other big thing oh. in '92 to come to sale was we only had two TV channels. We had ABC and Southern Cross, and then that year we got SBS, 
So SBS is like the public broadcast service like ABC, but they play like exotic films and stuff. And this is obviously Ooh. pre-internet. So that was our – yeah, that was the only chance to see boobs was if you watched the right sort of French film at, you know, 11.30 at night, mm. you, you just had to tape them and then fast forward until you saw it. But, uh, yeah, that was our only access back in <laughs> those early days. Late night SBS, Friday, Saturday night. It all comes uh, out. World's boring as a year. No, do you know what happened? No, nah, hang on. Too? Music. Do you know what happened? Oh, too? music. George Bush. George Bush went to Japan to sort some trade deal out. George Bush yeah. Sr. Yeah. And he, uh, they went to this big dinner. It was like 132 delegates held at the Prime Minister of Japan's house. And it was a steak dinner. And he passed out between the second and the third course. And then he vomited in the Prime Minister of Japan's lap. <laughs> I remember seeing that footage. And then the, they they came up with a, the Japanese came up with a term and it's called bushusuru, which means to, which means to do a bush. And it's like in the Japanese dictionary now. So to do a bush is when you like publicly vomit it. Someone's Yeah, because then there's footage of him coming too, and he just tries to brush it off like he's in this guy's lap. And then he comes up and he goes. Oh, yeah, okay. And then he just sort of gets back to it. The guy's covered in bloody carrots. <laughs> and, and the guy's just sort of, you know, they're obviously trying to be really respectful, but they're all in, like, shop. There's people everywhere, yeah. If you get on know, YouTube, search it. Uh, George Bush's uh, personal doctor came into the room and they were going to take him to the hospital or something, and he didn't want to leave the, the, the delegation or whatever. So he said to the doctor, just roll me under the table and get me after dinner. <laughs> so he just lay under the table. Oh, what a balls up. What a Barry balls up. And then Clinton took over. Yeah. Um, how did we go for music in 92, Bills? Was wasn't it a good year? Too, it wasn't too bad. Look, we've had... As, we've had some shockers. As we know, people who have listened to the show before, every year we pick has some absolute wounding, wounding music. But this wasn't too bad. Well, it wasn't great, but there's some. There's all right. Number ten, we had just another day from John Cicada, who the fuck that is. All for love, color me bad. Under the bridge, Chili Peppers, good song. Oh yeah, oh, nice. my loving in vogue, tears in heaven, Clapton, not bad. Bit of a sad mm. story behind it, but a good song. Baby, 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 TLC. Don't know about that. Save the best for last, Vanessa Williams. Don't know. Jump from Crisscross, not a bad song. Number two, Baby Got Back from Sir Mixlot. That's a good tune. Number and two. Yeah, and number one was End of the Road by Boys to Men. Well, that's so, a classic. That's a classic, yeah. I give that, so, I give that two out of ten. There's a Clapton and a Chili's Pepper song. Yeah, um, two and a half so. maybe. Um, um, yeah, I, I, I'm surprised that uh, Baby Got... I mean, Baby Got Back was a big song, but I'm surprised it got to number two. That's huge. Yeah. Mm. What about movies? Any good movies that year? White Men Can't Jump. Jump. <laughs> <laughs> I think the bodyguard came out that year, didn't it? The bodyguard, oh, I think, yeah. Is that Marky Mark? No, that's no. Kevin Costner. What are you using, oh. Kevin What's Costner? happened to your camera, George? Yeah, the sun. Oh, that's what I'm looking at. The sun is streaming in, and it is just you wreaking just... havoc on the camera. Yeah, that's good it. to see. Your, good to see you made an effort to, to fix it. You just like, yeah, I know. Well, I like you saw it. It's washed out. You can't even see. He's just gone. Hey, it's the sun. It's like, <laughs> 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 Took your screen, George. Um, I think Aladdin was the big uh, box office hit there, Bills, in 92. That was huge. It wasn't the Will Smith one, was it? No, no, no. Robin Williams, mate. 
The original. Speaking of speaking of box office hits, on the way over on the plane, um, I did the Lord of the Rings trilogy. I watched all three films back to back to back. Well, that's a good segue for the Legend and Bell End, George. What well, is? Um, and it makes me think. Explain the, whole... the segment. Explain the segment for our oh, new okay. listeners. Well, um, each week we take a public figure <laughs> and we decide. <laughs> Is he a legend or is he a bell end? I think it's quite self-explanatory there. Yeah, but hey, some people might still be going, hey, what's this? Le- what, bell end? Well, they might know what a bell end is. Bell end's a, a wanker. Dickhead. Dickhead. Mm. Dickhead. Bell. Dick. Yeah. Dickhead. End. 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 Yeah. Looks like a so, bell. So, um, you know, I sat through the whole trilogy and the whole time all I could think about was how conflicted I was about Smeagol. Smeagol? So... All I can remember, like watching back to the sale cinema stories, is that come out on Boxing Day every year, those Lord of the Rings. Like, remember the old Boxing Day routine, blockbusters? You know, you go to the cinema, there's always four or five massive hits to choose from. And there was a big really? build-up. your Boxing Day? I thought it was just bloody playing cricket. That was a bit... And watching... uh, yeah. no, you could you could roll a few overs in the morning, but then, you know, you go see one of the big box office smashes in sale and we had like this cinema that they hadn't done any upgrades on it since the 70s it had like this sort of shag carpet on all the seats you know shag carpet on the walls and had that sort of musky sort of stink to it and i remember me and about four mates rolled up to the cinema pretty pumped but i knew i was screwed when the lady gave me my popcorn meal and handed me this pepsi that was just warm as piss and we were saying, I go, what's, what's the story with this? Like, shaking it. There's no ice. She goes, yeah, sorry about that. The uh, ice machine's broken. And, yeah, for so, yeah, I think they're just coming out warm as well. I was like, yeah, no no <laughs> shit. But I was dry because we'd had a big Christmas and, you know, I'll just take warm Pepsi then. So we go to the cinema and everyone sits down and everyone's saying, shit, is it warm in here? Like, what's going on? And as the movie went on and more people, like it was packed, it just got warmer and warmer. The air kind of shit itself. So within the first 10 minutes of the film, it got so hot, everyone's just whipping their shirts off. (laughs) The whole cinema's just filled with these dudes with all their shirts off. I think there was a couple of women just sitting in there with their bras out. and You know, it was just chaos. Something's happened there with George. He's had to get up. He just (laughs) got up mid-story and left. There was like a (laughs) shock. Something was burning. Jeez. Uh, <laughs> so, talk about burden. We, we've all cooked up. I am seriously dripping in sweat. Someone's run out and said to the lady at the cinema, you're going to have to call time out on this shit. Like, people are dying in there. And so they've come in, called tea, let everyone out, stopped the film, handed everyone warm bottles of water, chugging down the fluids and watched the second half. Didn't get fixed. It was horrific. That's the worst film to sit through. I think it was bloody two and a half, three hours or something. And when you yeah. sit through the trilogy... I, I think it's nine hours of movie. Yeah, that's it. And you're just trying to... You've had it's a, a great nine hours, though. It's a great It was good nine hours. Um, so, Legend, Legend yeah. of Ballet. <laughs> Smeagol. Um, <laughs> so, for me, I, I was quite conflicted about him because I, I liked one of his personalities. So, I just Gollum. didn't really know who to, you know. No, I liked Smeagol. Gollum. I didn't like Gollum. Oh, you didn't like Gollum? Yeah, Gollum. Actually, Gollum, well, Gollum was, was right. the bad one. No, because Gollum was the one who killed his... Cousin for the ring, mm. no? Originally. Yeah, I just liked the drive. I just liked his drive and his ambition that Gollum had. Um, Smeagol, for me, was just a bit wish-washy. And, you know, Smeagol so was I, the one oh. who was, like, pulling the trouts out of the river and stuff. Yeah. 
But I, I just think they wouldn't have destroyed the ring without um, without Smeagol, and a lot of people give him a bad rap. So I, I just want to go on to bat for him and, and call him a legend. He was a bit conniving, though. I remember one yeah. scene, didn't he, oh, when yeah. he turned Sam and who's the other guy named? Frodo. Frodo against each other. Mm, but that was, yeah. of, that was because of the ring, though. That wasn't really Schmeagel, was it? Wasn't that the ring that turned them against each other? Yeah, but I think, yeah. you know, everyone, everyone deals with temptation. You know, he's mm. he's no different. Got to own it up. Um, on, just quickly on that, have you seen they're remaking the um, Lord of the Rings? And I was yeah. thinking the whole way. I was like, when I was watching it, I was like, oh, I wonder what they're going, how they're going to do the remake, and who they're going to. TV series, no? Yeah, exactly. But like, I was thinking that, um, like, who should play the characters? And I just keep looking at the, the at Samwise Kanji and thinking that they'll put Ed Sheeran as him, oh, and then they'll put like uh, De Niro as Robert De Niro as Gimli, and then yeah. they'll put um, who's the elf Legolas? They'll put. Um, uh, I reckon they'll put like Justin Timberlake as Legolas. It'll be all this new age, got like a new skin. Yeah, you know, and they'll make it'll it be yeah. It'll be it'll be filthy. Yeah. So when is Peter Jackson involved with that or not? No, no. Okay. I think it's HBO. Yeah. yeah. Well, well, there's um, an, there's oh. another example like Barcelona. All the sets were left in New Zealand that they filmed within it from The Hobbit. Like mm-hmm. you can literally go where they filmed it, and it's all the, still the same shit. Yeah. Mm. But ultimately, the sets were just mountains and hills, effectively. Good point. Yeah. Good point. So, what, 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 what round? What round, Legend of Bell? And I'm gonna gonna share a, um, as we come up to the hour mark. I'll share a, a theory that I've just sort of reached in the last few days with you, and it's probably quite a a good thing, a good theory for cyclists to or, or travellers to get behind. So, what do what do you boys think? Firstly, on on Smeeds, finally, I'm gonna say well, Legend. I'm going, to say, I'm going to say that I did absolutely no research on Spiegel because, I don't know, I tried to and I opened the Wikipedia page on Spiegel and they talked about the books in 1924 and J.K. Rowling. Sounds as boring as 1992, didn't it? Yeah, then they talked about J.K. Rowling and he hate for transgenders and, and I gave up. So I'll just okay, say Legend. Potter, but that's right. Okay. Oh, yeah. So two, two legends and a bell end. <laughs> the crowd has spoken. It's a legend. Right. Um... Yeah, last thing I was thinking, I just thought I wanted to just get your thoughts on my new my new approach that I just sort of stumbled across in the last few days. Because you now we're talking about New Zealand, and it was it was how awesome it was to be back there and whatever you know. Now I'm back in Europe, and um, you know, I'm Caitlin's back in New Zealand. I won't see her for another three weeks. She's st- still coming over and stuff. And I was like, oh man, it's actually real hard to to leave. Um, and I've got here, and I'm like, oh, yeah, thinking, you know, like, I'm not homesick, but there's there's an element of like, oh, you know, still my mind's a bit back there, and I'm still kind of like, I'm just hurting a bit on, on, on giving, swapping it for here. And like, that used to, used to be something that used to, you know, I used to always get real homesick and stuff, and then I haven't been homesick for years. I'm not really, you know, but what I was thinking is what I should have done in the last days is, or the, the mistake that I've made this year coming over is going out on a good note. I think what I needed to do was absolutely have a shocker, you know, in New Zealand. You know, I'm talking about when you, you know, if you're worried about missing someone for a while, start a massive fight with them just before you leave. <laughs> and then you go, I can't wait to get the fuck out of here. Same with New Zealand. You know, instead of 
being an awesome weekend with great people and great weather and a beautiful place. We went to Parmanui in the Coromandel for a night before I left and I stayed in it. No, I should have gone to Invercargill and done a six-hour training ride in a southerly mm. and gone right along going, fuck, I just need to get out of here. Well, this is continuing your theory on demons. You needed about six yeah. demons just before you it's left. Along the same, it's along the same lines. I mean, it's I do not think, the same sort of thought. Do you not think you'd regret the guilt that you'd have when you get on that flight? Because... I agree. When you leave New Zealand, like <clears throat> you say goodbye to your mum and your dad, and you know whatever, and it's always a bit emotional because they're always a bit sad. And you know, mm. you get on the plane, and the first the first flight, like for me from Rotorua to Auckland, which is like thirty five minutes, it's like punishing. You're like you feel shit ass, yeah. and then like you get to the airport and you have a couple of beers and you get on the big business class seats and you feel a lot better about life. You know. Oh. <laughs> 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 um, but. You feel you already feel bad because your parents are sad. <laughs> Sorry to all the plebs out there that are sitting yeah. in the cattle class. Billy's uh, like if you had a big blue with your old man and you got the plane, you would feel like fucking dog shit. For no, yeah. no, no, no. If it was a big enough blue, you'd eleven be like, months, fucking glad to be months. out of there. I think you'd you need... be so happy to be out of there. If you started, if you started it long enough out, you start the niggle. You know, you look in your calendar, you look on your, you give yourself a reminder on your phone. One week out, boom, reminder. Start the niggle just a little bit and Start then the just under, let it build. Get the undercurrent going. Yeah, yeah, a little build. Listen to them eating loud, you know, that kind of thing. You know, all those things. Just just start it going. And then by Sunday, mate, you were so ready on that plane and you go, I just cannot wait to get there. Get, get there, my own house. You know, what, if, you what just... if you did that in a productive way where if there was some simmering shit that was building up, save it. Because mm. dump it with them just before you leave because then you're leaving on a bit of a tense note, but then it could work in your favour because if you throw these barbs out that they agree to, you've left on a bit of a fizz, give them those two weeks, yeah. then you've been dumped. Yeah. You keep it all happy, all happy. <laughs> and you, know, you had an awesome time. Then you get to the airport and just as you're about to go through the boarding gate, you give your old man a hug and you go, fuck, you pissed me off. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's perfect. <laughs> so I just think that I'm just going to pencil in next year. I might put a little note on my phone now. Just start a bit of friction a week out um, and just just prepare, help myself prepare a little bit for what's on the other end of the plane when you get here. And, you know, instead of, instead of you know, sitting in a quiet room going, oh, this is a bit different. I'm not sure about this. Going, oh, my God, I'm in a quiet room away from people. It's fucking awesome. You know, just help you embrace mm. the other side of the plane. Yeah, well, I'm trying to shitter. Yeah. I'm looking forward to being mm. part of that argument in ten months' time. And well, that's what I'm going to do on the other way. So I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll start a big beef of you just before I go home, and, and it'll be great. Should we punch on or just argue? Yeah, we could just argue. Probably lose yeah. the punch on. All right, boys. Well, there's a big sandstorm coming, so I'm going to have to get on the bike pretty soon. Righto, good show. Good to have you. We back, could Jack. not finish your show without George Guard. Righto, boys. Need to wrap this one up. I've <laughs> got shit to do. Sorry, boys. Uh, now, Billy's uh, taking care of business. What do, what do we tell people to do? See us on uh, Instagram. Yeah, well, follow us, like, yeah. subscribe, like, subscribe on YouTube. Yep, give us five star reviews on the podcast. Share the show. Um, do all that stuff. So uh, I did the opposite the other day. I was on a podcast yesterday with Matt Stevens, and he started asking about the podcast, and I just tried to tell as many people not to listen to it as possible because I was worried that. The wrong ears would fall upon the podcast and it'll be in nah. the cycling careers. What have happened but, by now? What have happened by now? No, there's still time. 
that's right. <laughs> so are we going to dial up a bit of a regular schedule with the potty or just keep... We're gonna oh, let's not make no, promises. Uh, yeah. okay. under, under promise, over deliver, Jonesy. Yeah. Okay. So we will we do, do a show every now and again. That's our promise. Okay. And we will have merch coming soon as well, so stay tuned. <laughs> well, I can't I, wait for merch. Well, at least with the merch, you can do the black shirt with the white fern. We can really mm. cash in on your Nationals win, mate. Yes, Official George Bennett approved national champion merchandise. Mm. And Sam, Be- uh, Sam Bewley. <laughs> yeah, can't wait. Yeah. All, right. All right. Okay, boys. See you soon. Good show. See you later. See ya.